0: It's a monster stampede. My name is Al Burnham.
1: And I'm his dad, Jeff Burnham. And we're here with a special new segment. Al already introduced it. It is Al's Monster Stampede. The idea behind this was we kind of wanted to mix things up a little bit, give you a little bit of excitement during our sort of off weeks. We were thinking about going down to one episode a month, but man, we just didn't want to do that. You know, come January during the next quarter at DePaul, where I teach, I'm going to be teaching a bunch of classes. I'm also taking classes now. Al's got classes that he takes on the weekend. He goes to preschool during the day. So it didn't seem feasible to put out two full episodes, but we thought, hey, why don't we do something a little bit different, a little bit quicker, but just as fun as our regular episodes. So we talked about it a little bit. And what we came up with is something really, really special that we both think you're going to like. Yes. And that's Al's Monster Stampede, or Lessons in Monster Awareness and Preparedness. You see, Al wants to be something when he grows up. What did you tell us you want to be when you grow up? A teacher. Just like? My mom. (laughs) And me too. (laughs) But yes, just like us, you said you wanted to be a teacher. Al wants to be a teacher. And I thought, you know what? Why doesn't he start now? Why doesn't he start by teaching you, our listeners, a little bit about monsters?
0: Because I want to be a monster teacher. (laughs)
1: Well, that's maybe not a thing. But you know what? You can grow up and teach pretty much anything you want. I get to teach movies. So you could grow up and theoretically teach monster movies, just like I do. Yeah,
0: that's what I want to do when I grow up.
1: And that sounds awesome. So why not get some practice now and have a little bit of fun with me while you do it, right? Yeah. So here's the idea. We're hoping someday that the information Al's going to impart to you throughout the course of Al's Monster Stampede, throughout the course of those episodes, that that information is going to come in handy to at least one of you. Picture this, if you will. It's a dark and stormy night. You fall asleep on your couch with the TV on. You wake up and think to yourself, oh, I've got to go to bed now. Oh, I'm sleeping on the couch. My neck hurts, whatever. And so you get up off the couch and you go to go to your bed. But what happens? You trip and you fall right into your television. And I don't mean you fall on your television, you fall in the television, in to the movie that's playing on the TV. You're stuck in a monster movie. What do you do? How do you recognize a monster when you see one? If you do see one, what are you going to do about it? That's when Al's monster stampede is going to come in handy.
0: Yep, because it's fighting.
1: <laughs> it's fighting time. It's fight or flight, man, and you can't always flee. Sometimes you may just have to fight, and Al's Monster Stampede's going to give you the information you need to be able to hold your own against the creatures of the night. So Al's here. He's wearing his Goosebumps shirt. He's got his signed Night of the Living Dead poster behind him, his signed Monster Squad picture over here. He's ready to go. The teacher is in. Al, what are you going to tell our listeners about today?
0: Today on... Oh Monster Stampede, we are talking about yetis.
1: Whoa. What's another name for the yeti?
0: Abominable snowman.
1: Ooh. And this is something you know a lot about then, huh?
0: Yep. The yeti is a monster that is hard to find because it's white and Is it lives in cold places It you can't see it because it will sneak up on you.
1: Oh, because it's white and it lives in places where it's cold? Yes. And how is it that you can't see it, though? Is it just because it's cold?
0: No, because it's white. What's white? It's, It's fur.
1: But what else is white? What else is white around it that makes it hard to see?
0: Everything. Even from the snow coming from the sky.
1: Ah, because it lives in places where there's snow, you're saying.
0: Because it's cold.
1: So, first sign that you might be dealing with a Yeti is that you're in some place that's snowbound. Yep. But what if it snows in Chicago? Or are we going to get Yetis here?
0: No, because they're not real.
1: But I mean in, let's say... If it snows in a movie in Chicago, are we just going to get a Yeti there, or do Yetis live in specific places?
0: They live in every cold place.
1: Mm, so it's got to be always cold, you're saying?
0: Yeah. Always super cold.
1: Okay. Like what kind of places?
0: Like snow places, even where penguins live.
1: Uh-huh. What about the mountains?
0: Yep. If Yetis will. real... If you were in the mountains, there would be lots of yetis.
1: Mm, Tell us some more about yetis. What else do we need to know about the yetis?
0: The yetis can be different kinds in different areas where it's cold.
1: Mm -hmm. And that's that's something that actually we should point out here to our listeners. We're talking specifically about the snowbound yetis and not about the Sasquatch. The terms are interchangeable a lot of times. Sasquatch and the Yeti, very similar. Some people say they're basically the same thing, just one's white and one's got brown hair. But we're going to split those up because we think that Yetis and Sasquatches are worth talking about in their own episodes. So continue. What else about Yetis?
0: Yetis can live in different cold places and they can also live in winter. Because it's cold in winter.
1: Now, suppose our listeners are in one of these cold, snowbound places, and they see something, and they think to themselves, hmm, I wonder if that's a Yeti. How are they going to recognize one if they see one?
0: Because they will hear something.
1: Oh, they'll they'll hear it? It's got a recognizable sound?
0: It's got a sound, but you can't see it.
1: Oh, because of the snow? Okay. Yeah,
0: because there's whiteness all around you.
1: Uh Uh-huh. What does it sound like, then? How are they going to know a yeti by the sound of it?
0: Because yetis make a special sound, and you might know what sound a yeti makes. So you might know there's a yeti, but you don't know where it is because there's whiteness all around you. Uh
1: Uh-huh. What does it sound like, though? That's what I'm saying. Like You're saying that our listeners are going to know the sound, but maybe they don't. you got to teach them, man.
0: Like a... Wolf and other kind of monsters mixed together with like a war.
1: So it's like a thing. like a howl plus a roar?
0: A war and a howl mixed together.
1: Oh interesting. Can you demonstrate that? You wanna try? How about we do it together?
0: Yeah.
1: One of us will roar, the other will howl.
0: At the same time.
1: At the same time. And that will be as Al tells us, exactly what a Yeti sounds like, right? <laughs>
0: Um, I can do the howl, you do roar.
1: Okay, I'll roar. Ready? Yeah. One, two, three.
0: three. Roar. Howl. Howl. So now you know, if
1: you hear something creeping around you howl. making that noise, you might be dealing with a yeti. What's a yeti going to do to them if it catches them? Eat you. Just straight up eat you? Like pick you up like an M&M and just chuck you in its mouth?
0: Like this, Um,
1: so slowly.
0: Yes, Um, like you would pick a person up, and like, like you would pick a mouse up, and start eating it. (laughs) Wait, he's picking
1: up mice (laughs) and eating them.
0: (laughs) A yeti.
1: Okay, so you're saying the danger here is that a yeti might pick you up and eat you.
0: Yes, I would tell you how I would fight a Yeti.
1: Oh, good idea, because you know what? I was just wondering, if I get picked up by a Yeti, what am I going to do?
0: What if we were walking in a cold place and maybe we hear a Yeti and maybe, like, you got picked up or something?
1: Exactly, yeah, what are we going to do?
0: I would shoot in the an arrow.
1: So you would shoot it in the eyeball with an arrow? Yes. Okay, so what you're saying is if you go anywhere cold, you have to carry a bow and arrow?
0: Yes, to shoot it in the eyeball.
1: What if I don't have an arrow, though? What if I don't have a bow and arrow? What if I just fell into my TV and there I am, stuck in uh, the 1977 NBC TV movie Snow Beast? What then do I, I do jump then? I would jump in,
0: too. Then I will shoot it in the eyeball.
1: But what if it's just me? What if it's just one person? What do you do? In the, in the Yeti's. The Yeti's got you in its hand right? The Yeti's picked you up. It's got you in its hand. But you don't have a bow. You don't have an arrow. What do you do?
0: Smack it in the head.
1: Like slap it? Yes. Like this. (laughs) Are you okay?
0: Yeah, I didn't do it hard. Okay. What if there was no other people and just you and the Yeti's? Nobody knows.
1: Nobody knows. Well, maybe that's because maybe that's because you tend not to run into a bunch of Yeti's. How many yetis do you typically see in a movie at one time? One. Yeah.
0: What if there's a movie that has more than one yeti?
1: Well, I think those exist, but... Yetis? Well, no, no. Not that yetis exist. But that movies exist with more than one yeti. Okay. But I guess what you're saying is these tactics, uh, the tactics that you're talking about for fighting yetis, are really only going to work if you're fighting one yeti.
0: Yeah, but I got one that that you would do more than one yeti.
1: Okay, so let's recap first. Okay, if you're fighting one yeti, what do you do? You got two options, according to Alistair. Which are?
0: Shoot it in the eyeball and smack it in the head.
1: Either shoot it in the eye with a bow and arrow. Hopefully you've got a bow and arrow. If not, smack it in the head with a slap. Yeah. Multiple yetis. Lay it on us.
0: Maybe knock out one of the yetis, and, like, maybe the yetis are on a straight line. And maybe you knock out the first one. And, like, that one, like, knocks over the other one like dominoes.
1: I like it. The domino effect.
0: Yetis instead of dominoes.
1: Exactly. So I guess the trick, though, is to get them all in one line. Yeah. Hmm. How do you do that? Maybe <laughs> you could leave, like, a trail of meat Like if you had a bunch of steaks or hamburger, just leave a trail of meat and they would all walk in a straight line to get it. What do you think?
0: then when they were eating it, you would knock one out and they would go like dominoes. And another way is to like throw baseball bats at their heads.
1: Throw baseball bats at their heads? Yeah. That's pretty good.
0: Boom, 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 boom.
1: And is that what you use to knock the front one out?
0: No, another way.
1: Oh. How do you knock the first one out though if you get them in a line?
0: By shooting it with one of the baseball bats.
1: Okay, they're hit it so with one baseball bat. Oh, they're out. they're scared. They're afraid of baseball bats? Yes. Oh, that's good to know. Yeah. Remember that listeners, Yetis are afraid of baseball bats.
0: All of the lessons is done. We're going to recommend Yeti movies.
1: <laughs> that's right. Okay, so lessons over. The teacher's out. We have recommendations for you for further monster research. If you want to do some Yeti research on your own time, we've got some recommendations for you. As Al pointed out, movies. This is a monster movie podcast, after all, so we got to talk about some movies. If you want to know more about Yetis, Alistair, what movies should families with kids turn to?
0: Rudolph?
1: Rudolph the Red-Nosed Reindeer, that's right. It's got an abominable snowman or yeti. Absolutely. Yes. What other movies?
0: Monsters, Inc.
1: Absolutely. There's one yeti in there living up in the mountains. He's a silly guy. You know, you might find some nice yetis out there. You never know. So Al's recommendations for further monster research are Rudolph the Red-Nosed Reindeer and Monsters, Inc. Two very good representations of yetis. Now, on Monster Stampede, I want to recommend movies that are maybe more appropriate for adults than for kids. Give some adult options as well. Where yetis are concerned, though, I've done a lot of research over the last week watching or trying to watch yeti movies to try to find some that are more adult-oriented And I'm sorry to say I don't really have any good recommendations. There aren't a lot of Yeti movies out there to begin with, much less good ones. The best movie I saw over the course of the week was referenced in the episode earlier, which is called Snow Beast. That's a made-for-TV movie from 1977 starring Bo Svensson. If you're not into 70s TV movies, if they're too slow for you, then maybe it won't be up your alley, but I thought Snow Beast was pretty awesome.
0: I just figured out one in my brain.
1: Oh, okay. You want to add one onto yours? What's yours?
0: Scooby-Doo.
1: Oh, Scooby-Doo. Yeah, absolutely. We have that VHS tape that's full of snow beasts. Yeah. Yeah. There's
0: also one that looks like a T-Rex.
1: Yeah, and I call them snow beasts because they're not all yetis. There's a yeti and a giant T-Rex looking one. And then there's a weird sort of Christmas Carol episode. Yeah, you're right. So we have this old tape called Scooby-Doo... Winter Wonder Dog. And there's an episode from the 1969 Scooby-Doo series in which they do take on the Yeti. So good call, Alistair. Good call. Um, I'll wrap up my recommendations really quickly. Snow Beast, awesome. If you want something sleazy, you might check out Shriek of the Mutilated, which is barely a Yeti movie at all. I don't even know if I recommend it, but if you're into sleazy grindhouse pictures, check that one out maybe. I also watched one called Yeti Giant of the 20th Century, which is an overly long Italian King Kong knockoff from 1977 as well, I believe. And I don't recommend that one particularly. It's too long. So I don't know. Snow Beast, made for TV 1977. Add to that, Rudolph the Red-Nosed Reindeer and Monsters, Inc.,
0: And Scooby-Doo.
1: And Scooby-Doo, yes. Anything else to add on to our discussion of the Yeti before class is dismissed?
0: I have one more question. Okay. How would you fight a Yeti?
1: I don't know, man. I think you pretty much nailed it. Either shoot it with an arrow, slap it in the face, hit it with a baseball bat. I think that that pretty much nails it. Yeah.
0: Like, and make the other ones be like dominoes. Yeah,
1: like dominoes. I think you nailed it.
0: Class dismissed.
1: Awesome. So before we get signing out here, though, we have a couple other things that we want to talk about really quickly. The first thing I want to announce is that, Alistair, you just had a birthday. Yes. And how old did you turn this birthday? Five. That's right. No longer is this a podcast hosted by a four-year-old. It is a podcast hosted by a really big five-year-old. How does it feel being five?
0: Really good. Yeah?
1: Do you feel different?
0: Mm, no.
1: <laughs> People ask you that every year, and the answer is usually no. Yeah, five doesn't feel too terribly different than four and a half, four and three quarters, does it?
0: No. I feel like I'm still the same
1: Why yeah. now. One big difference is you have your own Monster podcast. Awareness podcast. So you're now teaching our audience about monsters. That's a difference. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Because I want to be a teacher when I grow up. Why not start right now?
1: Exactly. I also wanted to thank anybody who participated in our Twitter poll. We put a poll out there on, oh boy, I don't know, the Friday or Saturday after Thanksgiving. And it was our Fishman poll. Al wanted to know whether people preferred the Horror of Party Beach or Creature
0: of the Black Lagoon.
1: Exactly. And what were the results of that poll?
0: Creature of the Black Lagoon, 9. Horror of Party Beach, 3.
1: Good memory. Good memory. Yeah, it was 9 to 3 in favor of Creature from the Black Lagoon. So it, it seems that people prefer a Creature from the Black Lagoon.
0: Thank you if you voted.
1: Absolutely. Well, if you want to find us on social media, you can find us on Twitter at cadaver underscore cast. We're on Facebook at cadavercast, one word. And you can shoot us an email at cadavercast at gmail dot com. And that's again cadavercast at gmail with one word, cadavercast. Al, why don't you go ahead and sign us out?
0: You've been listening to CadaverCast Presents Monster Stampede. My name is Al Burnham.
1: And I'm his dad, Jeff Burnham. And we want to thank you all for listening to this very first episode of Al's Monster Stampede. More to come, right?
0: Yep. Because it's Stampede. Thanks. Thanks.
1: Now I've got a question for you. Yeah? Why should our listeners head over to patreon.com slash word salad?
0: To win cool prizes.
1: And?
0: Here exclusive content.
1: Our first bit of exclusive content on Patreon is an international crossover episode between quote-unquote guilty, cadavercast, and the countdown. We think you're going to love it. But what else happens at Patreon.com slash Word Salad? What happens if people become patrons? How does that help us?
0: It helps us keep this podcast going because it costs money help helping go to college.
1: <laughs> yeah, it, it helps us keep the podcast going because, yeah, it does cost real life money to run a podcast. And, as always, we at CadaverCast pledge that any money we pull in over basic upkeep goes towards Al's college fund. So if you want to help Al go to college, if you think he's a smart little dude who gives you plenty of entertainment and that's worth a few bucks to help the kid go to college, well, you know what? Become a patron over at patreon.com slash wordsalad. Help us out and get some exclusive content for yourself and maybe win some cool prizes.
0: That's what patreon.com is about.
1: Exactly.
0: Patreon.com is
1: slash salad.
0: slash word salad. You have the chance to win cool prizes and help me go to college.
1: Absolutely. We really appreciate it, don't we, Alistair?
0: Thank you very much.